Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Sunday Afternoon Podcast with Greg Reese. Today is Sunday, July 30th, 2023, and I'm your host, Greg Reese. And I hope you all are are doing very well. I hope this, this podcast finds you healthy and happy and focused and centered and um, skookum. May you be skookum. That's what the uh, topic of today's show is. I just heard that word. I heard it on Cliff High on his podcast on Substack that I love. And I hope he's right. And I kind of think he is. Um, I kind of think he is. I think his dad is. I mean, that's kind of what we're talking about today. I'm just highly suspicious of everything. But I never heard that word before. And he just brushed by it really quick. And, he, and I thought for a second, maybe he said something else and I didn't hear him. But I looked it up and sure enough, skookum is a pers- is a, means strong, brave, or impressive. So being all that you can be. Of it. You could be an animal, it can be a person at their, fi- at their fit- fittest. Some people might say a, a fighting weight. Skookum is the best. I think skookum is my new, fi- that's the best word I think I know of to, to say that. Skookum. You want to be skookum, right? We all want to be skookum. Everyone wants to be skookum. So, yeah, I hope you guys are all, all doing well. And, uh, and I thank God that, that I am here to record my podcast and that you are here to listen to it. So, yeah, should be a feel-good episode today. So I hope you're in the mood for it. It's sun shining here in Florida. But, heck, I like the, hoot. I like the rain, too. The rain's cool, too, man. The dark and the light. So anyways, I, um, a lot of you guys know who listen to the podcast that I've been picking up the banjo lately. I don't know how long it's been. It's been probably a month at least. <clears throat> at least four or five weeks, I think. I have to, do, I have to go check in. But um, I've been picking it up really quick. Now, I, I've been playing guitar and stringed instruments since I was a kid, so for decades. I'm not a virtuoso or anything, but I'm quite familiar. I got a good feel. But still, I'm picking up this banjo faster than I thought I would, which makes the work even more fun. If you know, you know. I'm sure a lot of you guys know what I'm talking about. The work is fun. The seeing the benefits of your work is also fun. And so if you can kind of mix those together into that perfect vesica Pisces, right? Then you're in the sweet spot of the samurai way of perfection, right? A never-ending journey towards perfection, right? But anyways, today I wired up a pickup to the banjo so that I could record because I do most of my music creative work I record lately. Um, So I wired it up, and I'm pretty happy with it. It looks pretty slick. It's almost like an... The cool thing about a, um, a resonator banjo... Resonator banjo is the big one with all the metal. 
is um, it's easy to put like gear on there, furniture, kit. It's kind of like a gun. And so, uh, yeah, it turned out pretty good. But anyways, I recorded it, and here's uh, how it sounds. Now that took me, once I wired up the pickup and got the pickup working, which took me like a couple hours, because I'm no wiring expert, there was a bit of trial and error, but it worked out fine, praise God, like every, no, no major, my mistakes were, didn't really cost me much except time. But it took me about seven minutes of playing to get that riff to go through one time without making a mistake. And um, I'm going to try to replicate it right now on one try. I don't think I'm going to try to do it more than once. It's entirely possible. That's another part of thing. That's, that's kind of like ties into, I'm not just playing banjo here for everyone. This is part of the subject of today's show. It all ties in together. The metronome going. tried twice and still so I'm not going to keep you here all day and I bet I bet you that one almost sounds better tonally mistakes aside than the other one I played because what I noticed about the first one I played you the, with the new pickup you can hear my picks you can hear the picks sort of scraping on the On the strings, I guess. And maybe that's a good thing. Maybe that means I, my, picking, my picking is sloppy. Maybe that's what that is. Maybe what that means is I should record myself practicing on the regular to listen for that and to try to make that go away. That would be cool. But other than that sound of my sloppy picking... In the background, the first one I think sounds really good. It's a really nice recording. I'm really happy with that. And, um, and yeah, I think I'm ready to start making, putting some banjo in my music. Maybe even in some of my videos. Definitely, uh, I'll definitely be putting banjo in my next exclusive video, which should be coming out soon here. I'm not all just talk. I've been busy, folks. We're all busy. We're all... We're all busy with this crazy world trying to be skookum. 
Yeah. So now that I got that out of my way, out of the way, out of the way, out of the way, if you're new, then um, that's Joy. It's the name of my banjo. And I just got her, like I said, four or five weeks ago, maybe less. And I'm obsessed. Part of it is it's just something fun to do to feel, um, to feel alive, to want to be alive more. Like, honestly, like, like, uh, this is a big, this is probably the main part of being skookum is to have something to live for. So most of you, a lot of you, I don't know, but a lot of people have family and friends and people that depend on them, uh, pets that depend on them even, that will give them something to live for. Like in the worst times, you know, I think that's, I think that's fair to say. I don't, I'm not in that situation. Um, like I don't have, uh, even I don't have a dog or a cat or a fish or anything that would, my banjo, I mean, it's sad for me to, right now, because of my obsession with the banjo, it's sad for me to think about the banjo just sitting there not getting played. But I don't think the banjo would mind because <clears throat> it's, it's a tool made out of wood and steel and crafted by, by good craftsmen. It's a nice banjo. Recording King is the uh, brand name, Recording King. And so, um, yeah, but it's a tool that, that uh, honestly gives me something to live for, like... Uh, <laughs> It's, uh, I think a big part of it is humans, I think, are meant to be useful, productive. You know, we're, our bodies are sort of designed that way. If you look at, like, our, our hands and our fingers and our, you know, we're, we're makers. Um, I mean, the banjo perfectly, the banjo really puts the, the, that whole operation to use, especially the fingers. Well, here, that reminds me, it's not the work. It's the, um, I mean, the work, is, the work is part of it, but it's, it's mostly the place of being present, of being in a place where you're not thinking, because most thought is disruptive of, of being in the zone. I think you could say all thought is disruptive of being in the zone. And I guess that's what we're talking about. We're talking about being in the zone. To be skookum, you want to be in the zone. Obviously, now, I was about to say, obviously, you can't be in the zone 24-7, but I, I, I take that back. I don't, I'm at the point now, I, I used to question that, but I think I'm at the point now in my life where I don't see any reason why you couldn't be in the zone 24-7. Maybe that's even what we're here to learn. Maybe we're here to learn how to do that to not get triggered and, and knocked out of the zone. But how does that apply to the banjo? It'll, it'll apply to anything that, any tool, any activity where, that you're learning that requires skill that you have to uh, nurture and cultivate through your own hard work and effort. Um, any of these things, at a certain point... 
you get into, you, you, you could say you get into the zone. What does that mean? It simply means that, for example, I'll use the banjo as an example, because that's the one that makes perfect sense to me right now. It's easier to play these songs kind of faster than you think you can than to just go slow and inch your way up. Like, that's what I've, that's my experience. So, like, you got to go slow at first to figure out what the heck you're picking, and you want to make sure you pick it right, because what you're doing is you're, they call it muscle memory. And so we're talking about my, the right hand of the banjo. The left hand isn't doing much at all. Very minimal fretting, for the most part, unless you're super fancy. But um, it's that right hand picking, three finger picking style, right? And so the whole point of practicing different um, patterns is to commit them to muscle memory. So it's almost like so your hand just kind of knows what to do on its own. However, it, in order for, you can train it, but in order for it to obey you and do, and just run like the way you want it to run, then you have to kind of stop thinking. You have, to, you have to be in the zone. And you can, feel, you can feel yourself falling out of the zone. Usually, when, in my experience, it's my mind. My thoughts will knock me out of the zone. I'll be in the zone. And then it's usually the thought will be like, wow, you're rocking it. Because <laughs> you know? like, you, you, you're, you're witnessing yourself playing it flawlessly, and then your mind starts getting all excited about it, and then it'll knock me out. And I'll fall out for a second, jump back in. It's usually just that easy. But it could be any thought. It could be a thought about uh, what am I going to cook for dinner later, you know? So in order to master that tool, like I said, this could apply to anything, any tool, be it a musical instrument or a carpentry tool or, or anything used to make something or to produce something. It applies to all of them at a certain level. And, um, and so the great benefit of that is you're taking, because uh, you, you need, the, the body needs that to be used. It needs to be put to work. I think it does. And uh, at least, maybe not everyone. Maybe not everyone. But I know my human body needs to be uh, active to a certain degree. I'm also a, an absolute religious extremist when it comes to individual freedom. So I, that means I have to, and I'm very fortunate that I can make my own schedule, but that means I have to be, um, you know, I have to, I'm in charge. I have to be responsible and I can do better. Praise God. That means I can improve everything just by improving myself, being more skookum. But being in the zone is an incredible place to be. The more you can be in the zone, in my opinion, the better. And it, I've heard it described something like if you, when you're in the zone, then you, you're allowing God to animate your body. You're allowing God to play your body like an instrument is what I would say 
that's how I adapted that when I heard it. I'm sure someone's, I'm sure lots of people say that too. Letting go and letting God kind of thing, right? Surrendering to God. That's how I see it. And, um, and I guess that's where faith comes in. And knowing, and that's where the feelings of joy come in and negative feelings too as a sort of a personal guidance system to knowing um, if you're on the right path or not. So that's a main, that's probably the, the absolute number one objective to being skookum is to being on your path which you can recognize through feelings of joy and peace. And um, in the zone. So that you can knock it out of the park. <laughs> because, you know, everyone else on the internet that have podcasts, are not everyone else, but it seems like, you know, having your opinions and your says and your beliefs is a big thing. I don't think, I, I think I, I think I try to avoid that. I know, I know I try to avoid that. I think I do a pretty good job of avoiding that, but I'm sure it comes out. I know it comes out. Humans, I, you know, I don't think, the only way I think I could keep myself from expressing my beliefs to other people, you know, uh, you know, preaching my, my beliefs is if I were fully skookum. And that would mean fully in the zone, I guess. I guess we've decided in this conversation that, yes, you could be fully in the zone all the time. You could go, to, and I, I believe you could sleep in the zone. I, don't, I believe you can sleep without getting lost. You can stay skookum 24-7. So, you know. And that's where you want to be, folks. Because the Lord works in mysterious ways. And, uh, oh yeah, anyways, I, lost, I actually lost my train of thought and I, and I thought I was just going to play it cool like, and move on. But I remember where I was going with all that is that I'm going to give my belief. I'm going to express my, what I believe. But I think, and I've done it before, I, I, I think I mentioned it in my book, but, um, and that is that, um, that there's a reason for all this. And that I grew up seeing it as a game, but um, maybe that's not the best word. Because a game almost insinuates that the whole it doesn't have much of a purpose other than just to kill time or play. Maybe that's not true. Maybe, many, maybe, maybe that's up for debate. Maybe that's a perfect word game. I don't know. But it's not meant to imply any kind of meaning. Because I, I just said it, everything has a meaning. I do think everything has meaning. We're, to learn lessons, to grow, to experience things that our soul needs to experience in order to make choices. 
and those choices that we make then sort of just dictate the the person that we become and this ever evolving ever growing person as we're alive right that's where our free will comes in is there's all these forks in the roads some big some small and the choices we make and many of these are in individual forks in the road most of them i would say most of them are individual forks in the road but through the COVID thing, a lot of us have experienced these big, massive, collective forks on the road. <clears throat> and I know these big forks on the road have been massive stages of growth or massive catalysts, I guess is the word, catalysts of growth. I can say that confidently from my own perspective. I was just, last night, uh, someone mentioned, there's something going around on social media about Omicron. That if, it, if it's spelled backwards, it's, it's or, or not backwards, but I can't remember the name of it. You mix the letters up on, on Comier and how it has something to do with the vaccines. And I was like, yeah, I reported on that. So I went back and dug up the video and um, I had to, once I said it, I was like, I, I'm, you know, I had, a, I, I guess it was a brag. But anyways, I found it and it was uh, probably two years ago, year and a half ago. Um, and I watched the whole video and what I, and I was like, wow, you have really changed a lot in like a year and a half, two years. Closer to two years, about two years. But, um, but I was like, you've really changed quite a bit. I'm sure a lot of us could say that. I've become more skookum. That's good news. That is the good news. But I still don't know what's going on. Like back then, back then I kind of felt like I knew what was going on. And I don't know anymore. <clears throat> Maybe I do because it's interesting because I'm looking at my notes for today's show and that's my notes today are kind of like basically the same thing I was saying five years ago. And basically the same thing that I've been thinking for 15 years. Except, except the difference, I guess, is that now that we're in the midst of it, I think I'm, I guess what it is, is I see that this could be staged. That the outcome that I've been seeing or the, the outcome I've been, okay, so what, what the hell is he talking about? I don't even think I've introduced what I'm talking about yet. I'm, I'm just looking at my notes and I said that the, uh, said that what's in my notes today kind of looks like what I believed five years ago. So yeah, I've changed uh, in certain ways. I guess I'd like to say I'm less naive, but time will tell. But my notes say that basically, like what I think, what do I think is happening right now? I think that, 
Like you look into this alien disclosure. And I don't believe for a second that this is all just um, smokescreen, desperate smokescreen. Could be, could be, but I'm not buying that. I'm not buying this. Let me preface it with this. I'm not buying for a second that the New World Order, the dark occultists, the Illuminati, whatever you want to call them, I'm not buying for a second that they are in desperate straits and that they're worried. I, I don't buy that for a second. I think it's so compartmentalized that, um, first of all, that very, very few people involved know exactly what's going on. They just know to obey. And, and I would imagine that all of them, this is like the greatest time of their life. And not only the greatest time of their life, for a lot of them, the ones that are in the, in the family bloodlines, they are, they are living for all of their descendants. Is that right? Is descendants the people before us? Or is that ancestors? I don't know. For all of our ancestors, for all of their ancestors, right? Because they're living in the great shift, the, the moment that all their past generations, their, their, their parents and their grandparents and their great-grandparents were all working towards. So they got to be pumped. I don't think they're worried at all. They got to be pumped. I would imagine they're in the zone as much as they can be. I don't know. Maybe I give them too much credit. Maybe the darkness and the evil has its way over time and it just decays away at a person. And, and these people that maybe, maybe they were once sharp, evidence seems to suggest that. Maybe it's just a, or maybe, you know what, maybe it's not that they're so sharp, it's that we're so dumb. Or I'll speak for myself that I'm so dumb. You know, maybe they're using simple mind tricks. And, and there's a lot of people like me and a lot of other humans that are just dumb enough to, I mean, I think I'm being a little generous. I don't really, I never really went along to be fair with anything. The closest thing I went along with for a while was the heliocentric model and, uh, and other like common, commonly taught theories in the sort of educational school system. <clears throat> Anyways, I digress. So, someone pointed out to me on an article here on um, the characters involved in this UFO disclosure. The ones we're seeing in front of Congress are definitely suspicious. It's definitely theater. And when I say theater, does that mean that these people are all, that, do they know they're, a lot of these people don't even know they're acting. A lot of these people are sincere. But they're being um, fed misinformation 
and put out in front of cameras as they act sincerely reporting about the information that they were given. A lot of it's just that simple. But, um, so here's an article someone sent me. Uh, Sasha Stone, again, under fire. This is from years ago, actually. This is gets into, I guess Sasha Stone is involved in one of the characters involved. Um... Information here on Robert David Steele, I guess, is somehow involved. That is you know, nothing personal. And what do I know? I'm just on the, here in the cheap seats. But to me, that's very suspicious. Um, so that would tell me, like, we're going to get, like, a Gaia version of... Aliens coming back. And then I read in the comments section here on Substack, it might have been one of you guys who said, um, who said that what's going to happen is they're going to reveal that the aliens are among us and they have been among us. And that'll be used as the excuse to get, a, to get, to get us scanned regularly. They might have suggested chipped, but I would add in just biometric. That would be it would give them an excuse to have biometric scanners everywhere. Make sure you're human, and I'll go. And I think with that to fill in the subtext there, that would mean like they could blame the aliens. Would be you know Bill Gates, Klaus Schwab, uh, you know Pelosi. You know you could throw. You could have a hundred. I'm not gonna take my time and come up with a list of a hundred, but you could have a hundred and, you know, I mean, heck, you could even have a thousand. They could sacrifice a thousand of their own nitwits and say that they're aliens in human bodies. And that, that explains why they did all these horrible, crazy anti-human things. But, um, we don't know if we got them all. So we need to get you biometrically scanned I mean, can you imagine it? Now, pre-COVID, speaking of how COVID has changed us, pre-COVID, I I don't think I'd be that impressed with that. I would say it's not going to work. People are going to buy it. But post-COVID, I get it. And like, it doesn't matter if half the population doesn't buy it. That doesn't matter, you know? For the same reason why if they tell you to mask up again, especially with a bunch of dead bodies. And here's how it, here's how it would work. It would work by blaming what I said. You know, the Bill Gates is an alien. Klaus Schwab is an alien. Nancy Pelosi is an alien. Um, who else? Joe Biden is an alien. We don't know how it works exactly, but we do know how to tell if people are aliens or not. We got this new technology thing, scan thing. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if there's like good aliens involved too. And the good aliens maybe are the ones that give us the, the tech that we can use to scan and make sure everyone, you know, who's human and who's not. You know, hey, it don't sound far-fetched to me no more. Not even a bit. 
And um, so, so okay, so let's go keep going. What does that mean? Where do, where do these characters come in? Where do I mention like the Gaia channel? The Gaia channel, um, alien disclosure story, the subtext of it is going to be the one world religion. It's going to be, I don't think anyone really, I don't know if anyone comes out and says this exactly because I think they probably realize it, how it sounds. <laughs> but the subtext is pretty clear. The subtext is that the aliens are going to come back and humanity is going to learn that it was the aliens that inspired all the religions, all of them, and all the gods written about in the religions. Um, are aliens or were aliens and whatever, or there was an alien story. That's the idea. And then once that is announced, then the idea will be, oh my God, it's like a massive worldwide red pill. And then in, with the idea, I guess, that then everyone then latches on to the new one world religion in that vacuum of space, of being like, of, of, of unity and love, of, oh my God, well, that means we can all... Um, Become one. Um, <clears throat> and I don't know what that would be. And if we're going to keep it real, it doesn't have to be, it could be, it could be something as, it could be like almost something that reads like the U.S. Constitution and the Bill of Rights. Because hear me out. I have an imagination. I'm sure a lot of you guys do, do, do too. So, okay, so... So also keep in mind what's happening here in America and other countries. The radicalization that's happened with all the, the tranny stuff and all the, the, the violent rape that's occurring as a result of throwing violent offenders from other countries, from other cultures into Western nations, from the totally in-your-face disrespect that you're getting, we're all getting from our leaders. This is not all for no reason. This is there to radicalize us, and, you, and it's happening. You can see um, there's one, I, I'm not... Sure, I haven't found the actual link, so I'm not going to say any names or anything. And I don't, I don't really care to get into that, anyways, because I think I've made it clear that we're all we're all humans, which means we're all suffer from the same stupidity. <laughs> no one gets a pass, and I don't, I don't either from that from my, from my opinion on that. But there's some big um, right wing group that I believe is now saying that there's going to have like a government of forced Christianity. Everyone has to, you know, put their hand on the Bible or whatever and swear their allegiance to Christ, something like that, like some crusader stuff. I'm not surprised. Um, a lot of people could probably partake in that because they're telling themselves in their head that it's a troll. A lot of people have gotten into this enjoyment of trolling Grown men doing that? I don't understand it. I think it's a sign of weakness. 
it's a symptom of, of the weakness, um, the trolling. But I think that's what most of it is. However, that's not what all of it is. There are definitely, there are, de- and I, there are definitely people, you might be one of them, and I don't blame you. We're all human. I felt myself getting radicalized. I, because of past experiences, I've been radicalized before in the past. I've learned to catch the signs early and, and sort of, you know, redirect myself. But it's happening to a lot of, a lot of folks that seem perfectly fine. If, you know, like I said, we've all been changing over the past few years. Just the, just the past t- couple of years, I can see how much I've changed. A lot of people have become radicalized. So there's a lot of people now that I think are okay with this idea of like a forced religion, swear your hand in the Bible of Christ government. You know? (laughs) Imagine that. Now, I'm not too frightened of that because the world won't stand for that. The majority, I think... Maybe I'm being very optimistic. But I think that the majority of people in the world are waking up to all the stuff that, and they're kind of in the same big boat that I think I'm in, which is just sort of like, like what's going on? Um, and then part of that is not believing any bit of it, realizing, getting to the point where you realize that every bit of information you're getting from this five cents experience is by default going to the up for question section, right? Like nothing gets through that. Nothing goes through without being scrutinized. It's the proper place to be. Everything. Including your own thoughts and your own opinions. That's really the purpose of the mind. And when it's not being used for that, it should be kind of turned off and get in the zone, be skookum. So yeah, the um, radicalization is just going to help the theater. Like like part like it's theater. I think I think we're experiencing theater. So here's where I've changed. In the past couple of years, a couple of years ago, I I was of the belief that there was an actual that there is an actual massive awakening, and that this ancient power structure I'm fine I'm fine calling it evil this ancient evil dark power structure is going to be exposed and destroyed by a worldwide revolution of we the people, unlike anything ever seen or heard of in recorded history. (laughs) I think I've mentioned this before, and I've laughed at myself for it now, because now I think that sounds foolish, but really, my entire life up until a couple years ago, that's where my thinking was. I, I guess you could say I'm a big dreamer, and I haven't given up. I can see the power and importance of dreams, so... I haven't given up, but I have changed quite a bit in the past couple of years. Like now, 
what I'm seeing now is that I think I was being fooled. And I'm open to that because all this information is coming from sources. It's all stories, translations, opinions. It's hard to say that, like, what's a fact, you know? And if this is a, a clever ancient power structure that goes back, you know, in a time scale that seems overwhelming to us humans, you know, that could just be centuries. I think that alone is overwhelming. But uh, a power structure that, and when I mean centuries, I mean like individual lifespans of these so-called aliens. Then, um, if they, if that, which I think they do, I think that explains a lot that their lifespans are, are go way back. And so if that's the case, then it seems to make kind of obvious sense that all of this would have been well thought out, all well planned for. And so, yeah, the radicalization, because they want... They have the theater written, and in order to pull it off, all they got to do is have a few politicians vote certain ways, have um, a few, well, first you need the false flag events, and then you can have reactions to that event that are already paid for, knowing that they will trigger natural reactions from the people. That, I guess, is my takeaway from what I've learned in the past couple of years is I've, what I've learned about human psychology, herd mentality, and the nature of us people. I learned a lot. I'm still processing it. But what I've learned is that they could... Um, Blame everything on all the bad guys, punish them, and, and call them aliens, and use it as an excuse to biometrically scan everyone everywhere you go, and it would work. You know? And, like, if you tried to throw an uprising, you're an alien. <laughs> You're not a terrorist anymore. You're an alien. And uh, all that matters is that the, the herd goes on believing it. That's all that matters. And, it, and in that light, it almost makes like, like I used to think, well, if they throw the Project Bluebeam card now, it's, gonna, it's not going to work. But I think the opposite is true. The longer they wait, the less potent it becomes because if they it's so hard it's so hard and crazy that it'll work masks were crazy and it worked four shots and a booster all that stuff war with ukraine all this stuff is so bonkers crazy and it works and so why not get it while it's there but the best argument i've heard against that is uh and I think this is a strong argument, 
is that the system isn't ready for it. The infrastructure isn't ready for it. That's that's kind of where they're caught ahead of schedule or whatever. Is it seems like, unless they have some, I don't know, maybe some, maybe they have a whole new kind of tech, which I'm sure they do. But maybe that's part of the plan is just uh, once they make the shift and they'll just put all the new tech out. So, anyways, I guess that doesn't necessarily apply. But yeah, the, the tech we have today, admittedly, by the the you know these AI systems and admittedly is not equipped needs to be all upgraded anyways so that's kind of what i think is going on and it doesn't have to be and so finally before i move on to the bright side of things like they could also like here's how they could get away with it is like I said, if people that try to overthrow the government then become aliens and then they get taken away and no one ever, everyone's just happy and you're like, oh my God, thank God they got more of those aliens, you know? And then they just improve everyone's life, right? They actually do it. They do Star Trek style. They get it down to a population that they can manage and then they just they know how to they know how to 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 keep everyone docile and domesticated and part of that is you know a certain amount of pleasure a certain amount of what we've been experiencing for our entire lifetimes maybe not all of you but i know my my fellow americans even even the homeless in America have experienced a, a certain level of luxury like no one else on, in the planet. And I bet that applies to most people in other Western countries too. So yeah, they could just, um, when they get it down to their, strictly their herd, they could get all the aliens, <laughs> get rid of all the bad aliens to where they're only left with the compliant herd that gets it and, and, and realizes that everything they're told on TV is the truth. Once they get down to that level, then they can go about their business and, get, and make everyone's lives convenient. You know, people can, can shop and they can do, they can do their drugs and they can have their shows and their distractions and they can play video games and they can, they don't have to work, but they can work if they want, you know, it just has to be approved. So it doesn't sound so crazy anymore. It sounds like that could be it. And then that's how the, you know, and what do they care? Their, their goal is, is to get the whole world into this one world religion. I think I need to look into this more because my last report was basically talking about the main goal is the one is the digital economy. And that's kind of what I was seeing. But when now my, I think the bigger thing is that's, it's the one world religion. Cause then the money comes easy. 
then it's obvious that the whole that this everything will be the we are mostly religious. Maybe maybe you might argue that the word religious isn't the right word. Some people say oh, I'm spiritual. I'm I'm okay if you say you're more spiritual. I think most people that say I'm not really religious, I'm spiritual, they're just making a designation that they don't follow any particular dogma. I'm in that category. I don't follow any particular dogma. I don't I have a hard time saying I'm Christian because there are several different Christian dogmas. So just saying you're Christian doesn't really say what you believe. And I don't think it matters to me what anyone believes. I don't care what you believe. I mean, unless we're like, unless we love each other and we're friends and we're hanging out and we're just talking, you know, hey, what do you believe, you know? But anyways, my point being is that Last I heard is like 80% of the population on the planet believe in God and are religious. And so, yeah, I think it's always made sense that to get, to put an umbrella over the whole world, the way to go would be religion. Everything else will just be easily included in, inside that umbrella. It's one of my favorite things about the book Dune by Frank Herbert. Is that sort of the backdrop that he describes? I think that's pretty early on in the book, too. Or maybe it's even in following books. I don't know. But it's, it's the backdrop, basically. You know, it's all under this <clears throat> one world religion umbrella. So, anyways, that's what I think is going on. Someone recently accused me of not ever doing a report on the Jesuits. I would say that the Jesuits seem to be the main management team in history, going back in history, involved in this. I think that's pretty fair to say. The Jesuits seem to be all the way back to the Knights Templar. I think these days, I think, I think the, the Masons are, I think there's lots of people from all kinds of secret societies involved in this. And... Um, I don't think they're, my new take, two years ago, I kind of was going for this thing of like, yeah, they're all just uh, become a bunch of idiots and they're decrepit and they're falling apart. I don't really see it that way anymore. Maybe I'm, I'll be the first to admit it. Maybe I've just gotten to the point of like trauma <laughs> like everyone else. And the way I'm dealing with it is just being like, nah, I ain't buying it. I'm buying it. Could be that. Could be that things are turning out really great. Like the like this entire bloodline cult cabal is just about to die off, which I think would be great. That's kind of what I was hoping for. I was hoping for, I was actually hoping for, like I said, a worldwide revolution of we the people uprooting this small ancient cabal, you know, pulling up the rocks and exposing who's really under there, you know. But anyways, now I see it like uh, I can see it. I can see how this is all being done on purpose. Accomplishing all of their problems all in one story. One outrageous story of aliens among us. And I imagine good aliens too. That will be these Nephilim or whatever you want to call them. Who knows? 
It's an interesting time to be alive. That brings us to the bright side. I mentioned early on about the importance of joy and having something to live for. But there are reasons why we're, I believe, this is where, okay, so everything I just said there is kind of like my take on where I think, where I think things are going now. A few months ago, I was calling this, I think I was calling this the evangelical Zionist conspiracy that was going on. I think that's a, and then I think I adapted it recently to NAR, which is the, what is that? Neo-apostolic revolution or something. Which is like, yeah, this new world, one world religion thing that's growing up. I actually have some experience with that. The uh, I mentioned how I lived in an ashram temple for a few years. It was a temple built on honoring all religions. And it was one truth, or truth is many, paths are many, truth is one. <clears throat> and that truth basically being the golden rule. At least that's the, that's the lineage that I, <clears throat> I was at for there. And I can, I can totally dig that, you know. However, I, I also can totally dig freedom, individual freedom, freedom of religion. It's why I do what I do. It's why I have the job I have is to, to try to fight for those rights that I believed in for my whole life, the importance of. And the reason is because, and I'm sure I've talked about this before, is because is because. I'm here for some reason. I'm not here for no reason. I'm here for a reason. And I know from enough experience in this life how painful it is when I don't get it right and how good it is when I do get it right. Being skookum. On the banjo, uh, when you're stumbling on the banjo, trying to get a trying to get a lick down and it just, and you, and you can't make it sound right. And it's all over the place. It, 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 it's hard to, it's, it's hard to even get in the zone because the mind is, is thinking like, man, your neighbors must hate you, <laughs> you know, stuff like that. But, um, it's there to, it's there for a reason. It's there to get through it and push through it. And uh, so that you can get in the zone. So I'm doing that too. Like the job I got into um, for the first several years, I was completely in the zone. I was, every day was a day to be absolutely grateful for in an easy way because it was clear to me that I was on the right path. It was clear to me that I was here doing exactly what God wanted me to be to here doing. And that hasn't entirely changed, but it has changed to the point, it has changed a bit. And that could be simply because I'm going through the same thing that we're all going through right now, which is kind of like, what the hell's going on now? You know, what's going to happen next? You know, it could just be that. 
It could just be that. But the banjo is a clear story. The banjo is a clear thing that I can con continuously work at and improve at and get better at and make it make more sense. Not just make it make more sense, but make it dance and make it sing and make it like inspire and uh, make, you know, make you smile. <clears throat> so that's a bright thing. Always good if you don't play an instrument. If you're looking for, if you're looking for a bright side of things, then this show's for you, all right? It's important. And it really honestly is whatever makes you feel joyful. I heard a good distinction in one of the podcasts I listened to today about between pleasure and joy. And I think it isn't said enough. You don't want to seek after pleasure. You want to seek after joy. And there is a definite difference. Pleasure has to do with... Pleasure can easily be described. It's, it's sensual. It has to do with your five senses. Pleasure experienced as a result of direct experience with your five senses from eating something, touching something, feeling something, having something touch you, um, and even smelling and seeing. I mean, I guess smelling and seeing. I'm going to leave seeing out of it. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with pleasure. However, when you pursue pleasure, it leads to madness. It leads to an obsession for nothing other than the pleasure. And there's a, this is more, this isn't just cliche and, it, and it's not just um, like an abstract, but pleasure leads to pain. Like they are, you cannot have one without the other. There is a pendulum swing. Joy is, is hard to describe. I guess joy is kind of what I'm trying to describe in this show here on the bright side of things. And it's kind of hard. It's not as easy to describe. It's, um, I will try, though. It, the way I would describe it is knowing that I'm on the right path. So it's a feeling of lightness. It's a feeling of being worry-free, trouble-free, present, uh, excited, inspired. Like a child, like, a, like you see a child's eyes lighting up just because they're happy to be here. They don't know, they don't even know who they are, where they are, what's going on, but it's just, wow. I'm happy to be, thanks, I'm happy to be here. I would say that's joy. That's kind of like what I said, something to live for. For a lot of people, that joy probably comes from a child or a pet or a loved one. It come from a banjo. <laughs> it could come from a job. It could come from anything. Banjo is another perfect example. Like, I joke, I am, I am obsessed about the banjo. Okay, I actually just got a smaller, cheaper second banjo so that I could have one in bed with me at night because the one I, the main one I got is a full-size resonator. It's kind of a beefy, heavy, like I said, it's kind of like a more of like a gun. It's metal, it's big, it's heavy. It's not really friendly to 
tuck in the covers with you. I actually don't tuck in the covers with me, but, you know, lay in bed with. And it's not that. So I got a cheaper, smaller one that I could just kind of roll around with because I'm obsessed with it. And I joke about how, yeah, I'm going to start a survival band for, um, you know, when the, during the Depression. I could earn my meals that way, playing banjo in some band. I mean, who knows? Uh, I'm, I'm half, I'm, I'm getting close to, I, I think just, I think in just a six more months, five more months, I could get there. So, but that is kind of a joke. I do, I would prefer that the depression doesn't come and I would prefer that we can sort of uh, work through this crazy time without, uh, you know, too much complete disruption, but I'm open to it. My point being is that I'm really just, the banjo is about just having something that's fun, that makes me smile, that brings joy to my heart, and um, and the work is part of it. Because I, I know there's not, I don't think everyone's like this. But I know a lot of people that are. My mother definitely was one. Um, certain people are just happier and more, at least more content when they are busy creating something, making something, doing something. Could be, could be working in an assembly line to building violins by hand. By the way, I heard some crazy thing about how the Stellavarius or Stella Stradivarius, the famous, there's a Stradivarius violin. I think a lot of you have heard this before. I've heard of the name Stradivarius from movies of it being like a very rare, very expensive violin known as the best. But I just found out what it's all about. Apparently... It was a violin, a very uh, high, a very skilled violin maker who noticed a wood that was growing in the water, like in a certain temperature of chilled water that for several years, I guess, that created a, a quality in this wood that's unlike any other wood. And so the reason it's rare is because it was made out of this one batch of wood that someone found that just happened to be like this incredibly acoustic wood interesting if true <clears throat> yeah so the bright side of things is is enjoy the journey find something to live for enjoy the journey pay attention be skookum be present try not to worry or be afraid of anything, try not to. If you if you, if if you don't have to f- suss things out with your mind, try not to even be worried about anything. Try not to think about anything. Just try to be present about what you're doing, which is another great thing about the banjo or anything else like it, or knitting, or or uh, or basket weaving or whatever. Is in the time where you might feel restless or there's nothing to do or something like that then there's always that. 
And, you, and, and that's the whole idea of finding something that makes you happy. And I, if, if you're really struggling with this, here's my, another belief I have is I do believe if you ask God for something, you get it. Ask and ye shall, ye shall receive. I do believe that. It goes along with be careful what you ask for because you might get it. Those two kind of go hand in hand. I would say your prayers are answered. You just got to be careful. But, um, but yeah, just ask God for purpose. That's how I eventually found it. And, it, you know, I'll be honest, it took years from years for years and years and years. I struggled with like feeling like I was lost. What I learned in my experience was, well, I probably, yeah, I probably could have got on my path a little bit sooner than I did. But I guess that doesn't, maybe not. That's a whole other discussion, but I did. And now that I'm on it, um, I'm once again feeling like I'm out there. I'm sending out my recon teams and I'm sending out my my drones and trying to uh, suss out you know, the map. Am I on the right path? Have I gotten off the right? Have I gotten off to somehow get off that road? Do I need to get another road? What road? You know, that's where I'm at right now. The banjo's helping in the meantime. But anyways, that's the bright side of things. What else? Everyone's got their own version of the bright side of things. For me, home, home of your own. A roof over my head and a bed big time. And that's simple. And I have a pretty small space. I dream of having a home. I dream of, and, and I don't necessarily want a really big home. I'll watch like videos on YouTube of really big dream homes. And almost all of them are kind of overwhelming to me. Like I'm like, how, how would you take care of that whole big space? So <clears throat> I don't want anything too big, but you know, my own place with, with like some acres where I can grow, I think I'd grow hemp for food and fuel mostly, like uh, industrial hemp. And um, I probably want to have some cattle if I'm that bold to try to take on farming in my 50s, cattle farming nonetheless. But that's the dream. In the meantime, I have this tiny little place here. And, uh, man, I, you know, just having a roof over your head and a bed, a space for your stuff, that's a huge thing. Especially in the times we're living in, where we're, if you're paying attention to the story, you're being reminded every day how you should be afraid that you're going to lose all that. So every that has caused me to be very grateful for it. Every day I wake up and I have it. I'm like, thank you, God. So that's a good thing. Having food that's good for you, that's healthy for you to eat, that still exists where I live in Florida in the United States. I just went yesterday, got exactly what I wanted, prepared my food for the week, I feel like the world is abundant. You know, we're being told, like I said, if you're paying attention to the story, you're being reminded every day that, you know, 
we're all going to die soon. <laughs> you know, and uh, I, I don't think, I think, I think, I don't know what's going on, but I do believe that to be on the bright side of things, you just got to get over that other thing. Get over it. Okay. Worst case scenario is what I talked about the first half hour, 40 minutes of this podcast. That's the worst case scenario that we're all being fooled and hoodwinked by the, the uh, so-called aliens who are going to come in and put us on this one world religion, get us all bio scanned, dystopian Hollywood movie pre-programming kind of situation. It all works. And it's like, dun, dun, dun. Worst case scenario, right? Well, here's the thing. Uh, let's, uh, that's possible, right? Let's be real about it. I've gone through this personally. That's what ended me up at the ashram was uh, the second, I was all, like I said, I was all about worldwide revolution, worldwide revolution. We need a worldwide revolution um, against this small ancient cabal. And then halfway through Obama's eight years, I had this moment where I kind of gave up on it. I was like, well, that's just not going to happen because I just saw how easily the, the herd was just moved around. And it almost seemed like every great awakening that we thought we had was actually planned out by these hidden dark occultist puppet masters. And they were the ones that did it. They had their own reasons for doing it. And it was working without any opposition. So I made peace with it. And the way I made peace with it was exactly what I'm saying. I realized, you know what? It's not up to me how the world turns out. That's not my responsibility. My responsibility is not how everyone decides to do things. It's not how the choices everyone makes. That's not my job. It's not my responsibility. My job, and I do have a job and responsibility here though. And that is discovered when you are staying present, paying attention, following your joy. learning to uh, grow discipline and strength to not chasing after pleasures. You know, that you, in order to stay skookum physically, you got to, like, be disciplined with food, for example. I'll speak for myself. I have to be disciplined with food. I, for example, I can't keep peanut butter in my cupboard. Like, a normal, healthy person could probably... Just keep peanut butter in their cupboard and just go at it every couple of weeks in small amounts. A little snow. Oh, it's a little treat. I'm going to have a little, little bit of peanut butter. I can't do that. Not yet. I'd like to someday in my life get to that point of skookum. But right now, it's best for me to not keep it in the cupboard because I might just go at it. So you got to be disciplined. You got to extend some effort and some energy and some work. And I hate to say this, but I, I could, and I'm not saying I support a one world, a new world order at all. I'm not saying that. I'm just making a point. I can accomplish all of this pretty much, even in a little jail cell in a 15 second minute city. If they locked me in jail 
I could accomplish this goal, I believe, of, of, of achieving what God intended for me to be here for. What I mean by that is it's internal. It has something to do. It's a, it's an internal process of thinking of has something to do with our bodies, has something to do with these human bodies that we have. Um, in some way, maybe that could just be the body is just the mechanism being used to witness and experience and observe everything and sense everything. Maybe it's all mental. Maybe it's all working itself out in the mind and the processes. But everything kind of starts off in the mind. Our actions are a result of things that we believe. Those beliefs are mental constructs that can change. We can actually change our beliefs. In fact, I think it's a very important experience for people to have in their life where their beliefs are shattered and they realize that what they used to believe in was, was a lie. I think that's a very important experience to have. The sooner the better, I would even argue. It, it says a lot. So anyways, yeah, the bright side of things is, is um, it requires balance as well, I was about to say, is to ignore what's going on in the, in the news and focus on, on your path. But I can't say that because part of my path is, is being involved on the, and what's going on in the big stage and the news. That's part of my, I can see that. And I don't think that's changing. I just think something, I mean, I'm in some type of transition within my inner guidance, but I don't think it's that big. I think that's sticking around. I don't think I'm going to be a pro banjo player yet. Maybe in 10 years, in my seventies, my, by the time I'm, I'm in my seventies, I will be possibly one of the baddest banjo players around. So I can't say, you know, it's about detaching, but what I can say is you have to get over the fear. You have to get over the worry. You have to get over all the negative feelings. Those negative feelings, some of them are perfectly normal. There's a certain level of fear and anxiousness in, involved. It's perfectly normal. That, that should, and, and what that should do is it should cause you to pay attention and, and, and come up with a plan. But so long as you're doing that, so long as you are now paying attention and coming up with a plan and looking into things and trying to figure out your course of action, so long as you're doing that, you don't need to be worried or afraid. So it's good to let those things, uh, let go of those things. Let go and let God. That's where faith in God comes in, in my opinion. I don't know how to explain that or put it any simpler. It's a trust fall, knowing God's going to take care of things one way or the other. And in my experience, God seems like God really loves me. So it's easy for me to trust God. And it, I have so much trust and faith in God that I have no problem asking, telling you, you I, hey, God's cool, man. <laughs> you can trust God. So I guess all I'm saying is it really is, there is no reason why you cannot be alive in this crazy, scary time and not be joyful. Because the joy is not coming from pleasure. It's coming from 
being present, being skookum. There is a reward. Uh, for example, I was talking about eating. I have finally trained myself to get to the point where I prefer doing whatever's healthiest. Because I would have like cheat days. And I, would, I used to say I was treating myself. But over repeating it over and over again, I realized my through repetition and experiencing it that it was never like a treat. It was always punishing. It would always make the body feel worse. Even going to a restaurant, and I would go to a nice, you know, I'd go to a nice steakhouse. But even that would put the body through a little bit more abuse than what I was making at home. <clears throat> Which I think I'm going to do a cooking video of soon. Because <laughs> I love it so much. I like to eat the same thing. The body adapts to it. And I never get sick of it, so. And I'm basically eating what's best for me. And I, and I love it. I now have a taste for it. And so I don't think I'm going to do cheat days anymore. I think I'm going to, I don't know, I'm not saying I'm never say never. And I, there's a certain, I'm not saying I'm, I'm ready to get over that yet, but I'm getting better. I am getting better. I'm getting more disciplined. I have become much better at training my body to consume what's good for it. And as a result, I'm becoming more skookum, more fit, stronger, skinnier, leaner. And that has, a, that equally affects, I'm trying to think of the proper word, my mental and emotional state. Like they are definitely body, mind, and spirit, obviously. It's all connected. One of the easiest ways to be skookum is to start physical. Because it's the grossest, easiest, most blunt form of self-discipline that you can think of. <clears throat> and once you accomplish that, then in the uh, mind and spirit just kind of come along for the ride. Throw in a few mental practices like meditation learning, of practices of learning how to quiet the mind and boom. Next thing you know, you're skookum. All right, how many, I don't know how many times I said it. It's going to be in the title. We're going to wrap it up. I don't want to go too long. Someone complained that they don't like over an hour, and some people said they like over, over an hour. Anyways, I think that's everything I wanted to say. I'm kind of looking at my notes. What else do I have to be grateful? I was, I was going to list off what I'm grateful for. Yeah, good food, room, roof over my head, an economy where I can earn money and spend money on what I want and Now, here's another bright side. I can see dramatic change where the world we have today completely falls apart to be rebuilt again and have that be an incredible gift. I think a lot of you are there with me. But I think a lot of us also, like I said, a lot of people have become radicalized. A lot of people have forgotten how, how bad things were before COVID. Like the addiction to the cell phones, the social media, crap food, pollution, uh, wasting our lives away, becoming domesticated pets, all this stuff is garbage. It's not good for us. 
it's why we become dumbed down. It's why we become turned into the, what we are today. It's why all this stuff seems to be kind of working. So it's been, I think, for our entire... Anyone who's listening, if you're alive today, I would say for our lifetime, it's been... I don't think anyone alive today can say, oh, when I was alive, everything was... It's like a golden age. No, it's the opposite of a golden age. So it's... That is the bright... The things... That world falling apart is the bright side of things. And the fact... If you're alive witnessing it and you have your your five senses, you have you know your your four limbs and you're healthy then I would argue you're probably here to help build a better place in some way. That's probably what you're here for. And so I thank you for that. And God bless you for that. And I love you for that. And I hope you, like, succeed so well at what you came here to do that you're just filled with never-ending joy. No matter how hard you toil and how hard you work at the end of every day before your head hits that pillow, you're just filled with joy and gratitude for another day to experience the things that you came here to experience, to experience this strange journey, no matter how it turns out in the end. All right, folks, I love you guys. Uh, See you next week.